Warning, this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Due to the graphic nature, listener discretion is advised. Welcome from wherever you are. This is The Demon Inside with your host, John Venom. If you want to review a different episode of The Demon Inside, you can find them on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. A new episode will come out every Monday. And now, to our show. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. Hello, my Demon Insiders, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, John Venom. And before I talk to you about the Demon Inside Salvador Ramos, I want to take this time to say hi to all my Uber customers who had to put up with me talking about my podcast. I thank each and every one of you, but especially Josh and Caitlin from Austin, You guys really made my night that night. All of you have been a joy to have in my car. Now, let's begin The Demon Inside. We're learning chilling new details about the teenager who carried out the Texas massacre. 18-year-old Salvador Ramos posted messages on social media hinting about his evil plans. Wait till tomorrow went this warning and this. Kids be scared along with photos of two assault rifles and a high-capacity magazine. The morning of the massacre, he sent this text to a young woman he knew. You gonna repost my gun pics? She answered, what your guns got to do with me? He replied, I got a little secret I want to tell you. Texas Governor Greg Abbott revealed three chilling Facebook posts. He said, I'm going to shoot my grandmother. The second post was... I shot my grandmother. The third post, maybe less than 15 minutes before arriving at the school, was I'm going to shoot an elementary school. Here's Jim Murray. Friends say Ramos was a loner who was bullied at school for a speech impediment and reportedly came from a family troubled by drug addiction. Several months before the massacre, he came to live here with his grandmother, who worked for the school district. He slept on a mattress on the floor. Joseph Moreno is a neighbor. Did you know that he had guns? No. No, like I say, he had just turned 18 and he went and bought And he told this friend of his, look look what I got. And the friend said, hey, bro, what do you need those for? He says, don't worry about it. That was his answer. Don't worry about it. Kind of gives you chills, doesn't it? Yes. Ramos reportedly became obsessed with the video game Call of Duty. School friends told GMA his behavior was increasingly bizarre. I was going to start being his friend no more because like, he was being weird with like not only me, but like, a lot of other people. He had scars on his face, and I remember somebody asking him, like, what happened? Are you okay? Because he showed up to school with them, and he just straight out told them, you know, with a smile. I, I did it myself. Forensic psychiatrist Dr. Keith Abloh says Ramos has similar traits to other mass killers. 
including the teenager accused of the Buffalo supermarket massacre and the Parkland school shooter. Again, we have a shooter who is socially isolated, uh, who has uh, psychological or physical characteristics that marginalize him, who was bullied. That's a prescription for disaster, and it's present in the majority of school shootings. This video shows graduating seniors from the Killers High School being welcomed by kids at the elementary school. Ramos targeted the school just three days later. The day of the shooting, Ramos had a fight with his grandmother over failing to graduate. She was shot in the face and is in critical condition. He shot his own grandmother um, and from that point just triggered this, this mass shooting. Ramos fled the home in his grandparents' pickup truck, crashing into this gully. Surveillance video shows him running into the school seconds later. The massacre was about to begin. Before I talk about this, I just want you guys to know that my daughter and my grandkids actually live in Uvalde. And I thank God almighty that nothing happened to them. My grandkids are actually homeschooled and my daughter is actually afraid of something like this happening. And she moved from place to place with the kids, uh, trying to find a safe place. And she moved to Uvalde, and there in Uvalde, this happened. And if she would have had them in school, they might have been one of these kids. And I feel so sorry for what happened to all these kids and their parents and everything everybody's been going through. And the two teachers that were killed as well. Nobody should have to endure this. Nobody should have to go through this. I've actually watched the police video that they have of what they did, and only one officer at the beginning even tried to get close to stopping them. You know, and you could see where he gets shot at, and I think a piece of the door or something hits him in the head. Uh, but other than that, all of these police officers were cowards. I have to agree with everybody on this one. Because if it was my grandkids in there, I would have driven from an hour, two hours, five, ten hours away just to go and make sure they were safe and try to get them out of that school. There was a mother that I commend who actually ran into the school and not only saved her two children, but also a classroom of children, while the police were threatening to have her arrested for being in the hallway. It was really something that should never have happened. And the only reason I'm talking about it here is because when demons are at work, everything kind of goes their way. No matter how little, how trivial, you know, for all I know, maybe they were thinking that the guy, and this is what they've said, that the guy was in there and he wasn't shooting. Well, we all know now that he was. But do we know that the demon made no one hear the shots? So if you remember back when I did Ronnie DeFeo, which was the Amityville house, uh, if you haven't heard that, go back to that. Ronnie DeFeo shot his whole family with a rifle that would have been loud enough for everybody to hear. And you're talking, you know, he shot pretty much two shots 
into each family member, and there was five family members. So you're talking 10 rounds that went off in that house, and nobody heard a thing. You know, everybody heard the dog, but nobody heard the shots being fired. So who knows? I mean, for me, these guys, they should never have been police officers. They were all scared. And when it comes to little kids like that, if the adults don't put themselves in harm's way for children, then shame on them. That's what I wanted to say about that. But let's get into this. Now, there's not much that we do know about the shooter, Salvador Ramos. I mean, it's not like he survived this. He was actually killed after this. And so it's hard to say that maybe he had demons, maybe not. But this sounds very familiar to the last one that I did, which was uh, Cruz, who was the Parkland shooter. And Cruz, obviously, they caught him, and he said he was hearing voices, and he doesn't remember, and all this different stuff. So, possibly, could have been. There's a lot of similarities to the way these two grew up. Uh, there's a lot of similarities in what happened. There's a lot of similarities with the police, too, where they were scared to try to take these kids down, you know? As a matter of fact, uh, Cruz was caught elsewhere. He wasn't at the school no more. And I talked about that on the last episode. So here's what we know about the Uvalde school shooter. Again, his name is Salvador Ramos, and he's 18. We all know what happened at the Uvalde Elementary, so I'm really not going to talk about that. But when he was younger, he suffered from bullying. He might have been sexually molested when he was a kid. So with the two together, that would explain a lot about how the demon approached him. But here's my problem with all that. Teachers from the school said that he was a good student. And during high school, it was when he started missing classes. This Students even called him the popular loner. Then, when he was 17, he started to change into a completely different person. He was wearing all black clothes and black boots, which isn't unusual in itself. I mean, every, a lot of people wear black. The psychology of colors tells us that the people who are attracted to the black color, especially in the choice of clothes, often have the desire and feel the need to recover their own power, which is in line with who he was and what he was feeling. The way he looked when he walked into the school, you could also say he might have been gothic. And gothic fashion is a clothing style marked by dark, mysterious, antiquated, homogeneous, and often genderless features. It is worn by members of the goth subculture. Dress typical gothic fashion includes dyed black hair, exotic hairstyles, dark lipstick, and dark clothing. So on the news, this might be the reason why they thought he was a transgender student, because they noticed pictures of him with makeup, but it, it was uh, gothic makeup. But rem you got to remember, Uvalde is a small town, and small town cultures might not know the whole gothic uh, thing you know gothic was more of a 
popular in the 80s with the band The Cure, The Smiths, Morrissey. So to see a current goth student in a small town makes sense that maybe they were still harassing them in high school because he was different from everybody else. Missing over 100 days of school, he certainly didn't like going. Around this time, he became more of an introvert and a loner. He'll play online video games like any normal kid, but he had a violent temper when it came to losing, especially to girls. He would threaten girls by saying that he was going to rape and kill them. This was a huge red flag, but people didn't pay attention to it. He then started becoming fascinated with school shootings and increasingly seeking notoriety and fame on social media. I remember Cruz did the same thing. Students would actually call him school shooter. We'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Demon Inside. He wanted to be feared because he felt like no one respected him. This was also a way for students to stop bullying him because they kind of got afraid of him. So after his mother and him had a fight, and I'll talk about that here in a minute, he moved in with his grandmother, who had retired from the local school district after 27 years. And his mother and him had a blown out argument, on, and he live streamed it on Instagram. So the report that I was reading really doesn't specify who live streamed it, but the Washington Post reported that two months prior to the shooting, he posted an Instagram story in which he screamed at his mother, who, according to a high school classmate, he had said she was trying to kick him out of their home. He talked to his cousin, who also lived with the grandmother, about wanting to kill himself. Now, we know that killing yourself and uh, these tendencies and thoughts of harming yourself or harming, you know, somebody else is always a way for a demon to get in. You know, this is the best time for them to confront somebody, even with little whispers. And, you know, these people are so caught amongst them, their thoughts, that they think it's themselves thinking these thoughts and it's like their own idea when really in it's the demon you know when you're at the lowest point of your life you need direction and if a demon's going to give you direction you're pretty much going to go in the direction that demon wants you to go so instead of killing himself he started to save his money from the two jobs he had to buy guns he used in the shooting. He began to buy more firearm accessories beginning in February, including 60 30-round magazines. As soon as he turned 18 on May 16, he started buying guns and ammunition. In the end, he bought two AR-15 style rifles and thousands of rounds. In total, he spent more than $6,000 he had no criminal history, nor had he ever been arrested. He didn't have any psychological problems other than being a loner and being bullied. There was nothing in his background that kept him from owning the weapons. And while multiple gun sales within a short period of time 
or reported to the ATF, nothing was done. So this might have been a thing that the demons hid. You know, maybe, oh, I'm going to do this report, the ATF guy might have said and said, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. At this point, he says, and I quote, I feel like I'm not myself anymore, end quote. Now, this is where I get the demon. This is what I think he was talking about. In late 2021, he shared a video online showing them driving around with someone he said he had met online. Now, this kind of worries me because they've never found the person he was driving around with. And he was holding a clear plastic bag with a dead cat inside, which he discarded in the street and spit on while his driver laughed. The video showed him dry firing BB guns at people and ended with footage of emergency services responding to a serious car accident, which he claimed his driver had caused. Now, all that was according to a police report. He started to write online. He started to reference a timeline, foreshadowing his plans. In other words, he was getting ready to shoot up a school, and he knew he was going to shoot up a school. On April 2nd, he sent someone a direct message on Instagram. He said, and I quote, Are you still going to remember me in 50-something days? The person he was writing to said, Probably not. He wrote, Hmm, all right, we'll see you in May. He responded. Now, May is the last day of school, as you know. It's the ending of the school year, so... He already set the date. At least one friend from out of town started to become worried and proposed visiting him in Uvalde. But when the friend said he wouldn't be able to go until July or August, he said, damn, that's too late. Five days before he went on a rampage at the elementary school, a man targeted and killed 10 black people in Buffalo, New York supermarket. The mass shooting didn't get no unnoticed by the 18-year-old. He saved news stories and other information about it. He also spent time with a, his cousin's son who went to Rob Elementary. Now, his cousin's son gave him information about the schedules and lunch periods. On the eve of the shooting, he sent out messages to people about something he was going to do the following day. I quote, I got a little secret, unquote. He wrote to a German girl he had befriended online. It was impossible to do that, he explained, because he was waiting for something to be delivered. His order of 1,740 hollow point bullets arrived later that day. On the day of the shooting, he gets his weapons and is loading them into the truck. Now, this hasn't really been talked about, but I'm sure his grandmother tried to stop him because he ends up shooting her in the face. Then he sends out a message to the girl in Germany that he just shot his grandma, and now he was going to go shoot up the elementary school. He drove the truck to the school. While this is going on, his grandmother calls 911. Keep in mind, he shoots her in the face. This is 
something of, an, of a divine intervention, I would say. Because she survived the shooting in her face. She calls 911 and tells police what happened. And she tells police that he took the truck. She gave him a description of the truck. And she told him that he was going to an elementary school to go shoot up the place. So when he gets closer to the school, he loses control of the truck and goes into a ditch. After that, he walks towards the school. Uh, two men actually try to help him, and he comes out with the guns and starts shooting at them. Now, at this point, you would think that the school would go on complete lockdown, but it didn't. Then a teacher sees him walking on the school property with the guns, and she tries to close the door, but it doesn't close. It doesn't lock. So this could also be demon intervention. Something as simple as the door closing to lock, but yet it didn't. Next thing, he goes into the school and does what he does. And I'm really not going to get into that graphic nature of it. We all know he killed 19 kids and two adults. And it could have been a lot more, but thank God it wasn't. He didn't make it out alive. And I don't think he was supposed to. Same way with the other school shooter. I don't think he expected to be alive because these demons, what they do is they take you, they use you, they discard you, and they don't care. Maybe it was a demon inside. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe this guy's heart was just full of hate. But how do you do that to little children who have their whole future ahead of them? How do you make a name for yourself with such cruelty? These demons, they're very slick and very smart and make things look like the way you want to see it. And that's what he thought. It was going to make him famous. Who knows? Maybe he even thought he was going to live through this. The only thing he wasn't counting on was them shooting him and killing him. I'm thinking that while he was in there, after he shot up everybody, the demon might have left him. And he didn't know how to get out of that situation, and it was too late. The cops come in, and they shoot him. It killed him. A lot of these school shooters end up dead only because the demons don't want them to live. They don't want people to know that they were controlled. We may never know why Salvador Ramos did what he did. You know, we could ask ourselves that question for the rest of our lives and still not know. But still, until we start opening our mind up to the possibility that there's something evil out there that can get inside of us, that can control us, maybe with permission, maybe without permission. But whatever that control is, if we don't stop it, we're going to keep doing things like this. And everybody's going to ask why. And we're never going to know. Because it's just too deep into our soul. 
And demons don't play with our soul. They take over and they kill and they destroy our lives, our souls, and any belief we ever have in anything higher than ourselves. Before we start believing in demons, we should believe in each other and try to help each other. Because if we don't do this together, separately, we're all going to have a fate that's going to end up where we don't want it. And most of the time, it's always a demon that jumps inside of us. And we make that one crucial mistake. And it gets us killed. Or worse, it makes our children suffer. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. I'll see you all next week. Don't forget to subscribe to The Demon Inside on Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcast directory or through our website, anchor.fm backslash The Demon Inside. A new episode of The Demon Inside comes out each Monday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our Demon Inside Facebook page and on Instagram. We thank you for listening and hope you'll join me next Monday for a new Demon Inside. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm John Venom. We'll see you next time, if I don't get possessed. The Demon Inside was created and written by James Porter. It's a production of Venomous Entertainment. Theme music, Demon Inside, is on the album Conjure One by Reese Fulber. Background music was created by Lucas Keyes.